0: And welcome to the latest episode of Bet Fair's Wade In podcast. I'm back, I had a week's holiday. It was absolutely marvelous. And I, I am back in action, joining the boys again for this, your weekly briefing, of course. We're going to be talking all things predominantly York, because, of course, it was such a big week up on the Knavesmire, but also a few little talking points from the week as well to discuss. And I am joined, as always, by the boys. Kevin Blake, you look like you are away, because that is definitely a far too artistic <laughs> backdrop for golden so <laughs> how are you Ken? Oh, how,
1: d- how dare you um yeah i'm in doncaster which wouldn't be known for its artistry either <laughs> well that, yeah uh, but that's yeah, a fair but- comment very, very, very good, very good. And uh, I, I did have it as a sneaker there when you said back from a week's holidays. Fact safe, Vanessa. You're into about week thirty-five of your holiday this year. I reckon <laughs> full-time holiday for Ryle.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's a. I I managed to live a full-time holiday lifestyle whilst having a relatively full-time job. So I've got a unique, a unique balance going on, and long may it last. um Brendan, how are you over there? You're in the usual spot as a TC. Thank goodness. Did you enjoy the week of York?
2: Very much in, 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 enjoyed it. Uh, didn't didn't back any winners, continuing the theme of the last few weeks. But uh, yes, there was some top class action on the on the
3: track.
0: How were your winners, TC? How did you fare?
3: Uh, a very losing week, but I, I clawed a bit back on Saturday with a couple of winners and a couple of places. But I'm a, you're you're a bit rich actually giving Kevin a bit of a be able to blow for the actual background when the, the only the only plus of your background is you haven't got your knickers and your bra hanging on the uh, end of your railings
0: <laughs> i know i know that is that was a failure that time but i've learned my lesson <laughs> normally the boss man barry tells me to take my laundry down from this spot here
3: yeah. but look
0: Let's not judge, all right? We're not here to judge. We're all friends. We as I said here.
3: beforehand, you've turned up as a lion this morning because uh, <laughs> you, you haven't had time to get your roots done. So you, the, the actual um, dark roots and the blonde bit, it makes you look like a lioness. I'm going to go and watch The Lion King after this.
0: It's because I'm worth it. God, Tony's started out on cracking form, hasn't he? We've already mentioned my underwear and my hair. Right. Uh, we're not here to judge each other, but we are here to judge the performances from the week. So let's get stuck in, lads. Um, I am kicking, I've sort of shaken up the running order to make sure that Frankie Dettori is top of the billing. Of course, he took the Jubmont International. He also took the Ebor and the City of York Stakes. It was a hell of a week for him up at York. We will kick off with the Jubmont to start with in the performance of Mosterdaf, Kevin. Um, Totally different tactics, of course, to his Prince of Wales win and any runs beforehand, actually, doing it from the front. in A tactically run... Forerunner affair, and in the process breaking the hearts of Paddington performers. Don't worry, Brendan, We will get to you to discuss that horse in particular. But Kev, the performance of Master Daff is he just is this his coming of age season? Has he improved dramatically, or have we just misjudged him until the sort of oh. summer?
1: I uh, know I'd say he, he's there's no doubt he's improved. Um I'd say as much as anything, um John and Hayley have worked him out. Um cause, because yeah. there were like there were flashes there last season, flashes. Um, but this year, like I think, and you always there's always a danger in our great game that, that we find um our minds are configured to find pattern where there isn't necessarily pattern, but it would seem that this fella is best fresh um because he showed here that. Like, what he did at Royal Ascot had us all kind of go, wow, like, is, is that as good as it looked? Can it be as good as it looked? And in fairness to him, not only has he backed it up, he has done it in a completely contrasting style. Um, You know, really quiet ride, Royal Ascot. and um, Contrast here, you know, beautiful ride by Frankie. Like, the sectionals would tell you, like, it wasn't a case of dictating and quickening. Like, it, it was metronomic. Like, he wanted to, to really test Paddington at this trip and, and that's what he did and it, it was it was a really fine performance from the horse fine performance from his rider and um yeah like the, this this fella's here to stay I'd say um now one assumes they'll want to freshen them up again where will they go um like I don't think he wants soft ground as such so it would be dangerous to wait for British Champions um day so Maybe a Breeders Cup turf, maybe something like that. Irish Champion Stakes, um, sponsored by Brendan Duke may come a little bit too soon if they do want to keep him fresh. So, um, his next step will be an interesting one. But, um, yeah, that's, that's two real top performances in succession. And you have to take off your uh, proverbial hat to him and his connections.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about his prices then for those aforementioned races. He's eight to one from tens for the Champion Stakes at Ascot. But as Kevin's touched upon, if they get deep ground that day, that's not going to suit him. He's threes from eights for the Irish Champion Stakes, but may come too soon. And for the Breeders' Cup turf, he's now the three to one favourite from eight to one. And you can see with his run style and the ground that he'll get over there in Santa Anita, that could easily suit him if he was to take the travelling. Um, which obviously has been well-travelled in the past already. So that could be one of his back-end targets, Brendan. Um, Actually, no, Brendan, we're going to save you till last. TC, I'll come to you next for this. Mm. Do any of those prices interest you at this stage?
3: No, no, not really. Like you said, he's. I'm not sure if he is ground-dependent, but obviously quick ground off a break suits him. Um, He did win 16 days after his debut back in 2021, but obviously there's a pattern recently. I mean, only two starts go. He was literally 25 to one across the board to win, to beat Luxembourg and co at Royal Ascot. So it gives you some way uh, how far he's progressed since that he, you know, he's, he's those kind of prices for those races. But I, I think the Breeders' Cup turf is, is a really good spot for him at San anito over a mile four. He does get a mile four, but obviously he's got a mile two pace and that's what you want at that track. And, we saw with Bob uh, Shaw Ballet winning the Sword Dancer by four and a half lengths on Saturday night at Saratoga. You know the, the Americans; uh, they're just they're just not in the same ballpark, are they? For a mile full horses, I think the Europeans have won seven of the last eight Breeders' Cup Turf's. Um, yeah, that would be that would be the kind of like perfect sit for him. But if they are tempted beforehand, he might run his race before America. So um, yeah, I mean, of, out of all those. I think America looks the most sensible option, but uh, he'd probably be freezing here at the time, will not
0: he? Uh, TC, what did you think of Nashua? Was that that was well up there with one of her better performances, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, like we, we've said it numerous times. I mean, she, she clearly stays a mile two, but I just think a mile with a bit of dig is ideal for her. Um, I don't know where she's going to go next, but uh, it's, they seem to be persisting with a mile two and. That was that performance was probably out there with, with some of her best. So, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. all good. But um yeah. Um yeah, I just I just looked at uh Bolshevali at uh, America winning so easily and they just don't seem to have any depth over there. So yeah. maybe um, there.
0: come on then, Brendan, let's do it. Let's get stuck into the heartbreak that was seeing Paddington be beat. It was a, I loved the race itself, but I wanted Paddington to win. But it was it was brilliant and fascinating in equal measures. Um, But talk us through your feelings throughout and what happened to him. Give us your explanation.
2: Well, I'm I'm not really sure exactly about what happened. There are there are a lot of possibilities. Uh, the 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 first possibility is that the official assessor had it right and going into it, Mustadaf highest-rated horse in Europe, one hundred twenty-eight. Paddington one hundred twenty-five gets beaten a length and a half, so that, that that's all perfect. That's exactly as it should have been. Nashua was one hundred and eighteen with her Phillies allowance. Paddington should have been beaten her, I suppose that's that's true but but it could just be that masterdaf is a, is a better horse than him it could be that the trip stretched him um he did look like he was going to be second and was picked up late by Nashwa so i can certainly see the credibility in that story my own personal theory is that he did slightly underperform and it was because of the rattling quick ground i think we mentioned before that you can see the bit of Monja in him in his head carriage and also generally by progeny of Monjo do better with a bit of cut in the ground. he's obviously very effective on deep ground now he handled quick ground and ascot warrior that he is but just maybe it was even a little bit quicker ground in New york. Uh, on on Wednesday and maybe just wasn't totally comfortable, uh, and may, may, maybe um, just just a hectic schedule uh, it ca- caught up with him. Um, it, it could be any one of those, and I, I I wouldn't have a strong opinion either way. I would lean t- towards the, the the ground theory. Um, and w- when it comes to the race itself, yeah, I just thought it was a brilliant race. I mean, a complete switch up with tactics. We know Frankie. Well, he he wasn't so brilliant on Gregory, but generally he's very good at getting the fractions right, got them got them spot on here to test the the stamina of Paddington, which is the way they thought they'd get him beat. Uh, the season has been a triumph for, for, for Aiden and for Paddington, but also for Johnny G. I mean, he's thrown Emily up, John at Paddington, he's thrown in spiral at Paddington, now he throws two bullets in in, in the Judmont and finally gets him beaten. Um and uh, I, I thought it was, a, it was a brilliant race. And people, do, people don't need to worry about me, Vanessa. I, I bring you back to the first Wednesday in June in 1984. And I have this vivid memory. I, I mean, I was seven, so I, I don't know if we uh, can rely on this, but I have this vivid memory of being in the front room on my own. And it was a roasting hot day, and I had to draw the curtains. Now, what I was doing on my own at seven, I I—I blame the parents. This this could all be made up. But anyway, I remember crying salty tears after a grandseigneur got beaten in the derby because I was seven. I believed in invincibility and there was a shaft of light came through the curtains where I hadn't closed them properly and caught the reflection of those salty tears so after that happened that was the type of day i put away childish things nothing could touch me anymore horses get beaten i'm a sports fan i know that but i celebrate the tilt it's all about the tilt Aiden has tilted the windmills for paddington all season and it's not over i mean he's likely to get his ground at ascot for the qe2 which you think would be the race he, he could go for and then he, he might even have a go at something like a breeders cup mile so it's, it's not over for paddington and I I am completely fine. And Johnny G, in fairness, while well, we're giving him mad props, did give a shout out to the Irish champion stakes after the race. Now, whether the, he if he buys into this theory about the horse being best fresh, but we should remember that of course what's ultimately turned out to be Almost certainly the best race run this season. He was seven lengths behind Equinox in the Shima Classic after a month off. There's no shame in that. I mean, Westover was beaten three and a half lengths in seconds. Just a brilliant race. So he 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 would be a big runner if they decided to come for the Irish Champion Stakes. Which, needless to say, I hope they do.
0: Wow.
1: We have our ep- yeah. we have our episode title here, Vanessa, yeah. don't we? We're, we're yeah. Brendan, yeah. salty tears,
0: <laughs> salty tears, salty salty tears. Wow what a journey we went on there right the way through Brendan's <laughs> living room and right the way yeah. back to Irish <laughs> champion stage I, I,
3: so- I bet when he draws I, a I the it, days, he's not uh, he's not watching the TV are you
0: <laughs> <laughs> the full circle, the full circle. It'd be Brendan,
1: Brendan painted The beautiful picture there. I was there with him. I could see it in full, full high definition.
0: <laughs> I, all I could think throughout that was like, I would pay such good money to spend a day in Brendan's mind because, like, how, that was a roller coaster <laughs> of a ride in just like a two minute section. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, right we move on we move he's on. only happy
3: because he's uh he's been saved on the fancy dress hire of uh Paddy. yeah that's true yeah.
0: that <laughs> is true um we move on let's stay with frankie and the uh, wait for it tc you know you're gonna love this fa- phrase the frankie factor mm. oh, yes Which- with the Ebor, obviously he wins the Ebor aboard. Absurd for the team team Mullins. Frankie the Tory in the saddle, beating the well-fancied Sweet William into second. Obviously, this horse was relatively fancy that Royal Ascot went beaten by Vauban that day. Uh back on the flat now and taking a serious scalp in managing to win the Ebor. And now he's priced up for all sorts. He could go anywhere. He's got long distance cut prices at sixteens. Melbourne cut prices at twenties. Cezarich prices at eight but if he can't do everything so we'll discuss that in due course but um I think we have a bit of a split divide here Kev in terms of the the Frankie factor just I love this farewell tour whatever you want to call it but other people seem kind of bored of it Uh, where do you sit with this I mean I watched the Ebor and I I just I love that reception he gets and the way he can lift a day (laughs)
1: yeah look i i don't mind it i don't mind it. look at the end of the day it's easy to be cynical like but at the end of the day he's earned it yeah. <laughs> he's, you know he's he's been the man for for you know 30 plus years and um it, a, bit, a bit like mccoy you know mccoy's wasn't wasn't nearly as long but um as far as i'm concerned they've earned it and uh if you, if you don't like it you can you can turn on the mute button when he's coming towards the winner's enclosure but uh yeah he, he's earned it in fairness and
0: what about this horse then kev absurd um where do you? Where would you expect him to go now that he's won the E-ball?
1: Yeah, Melbourne Cup,
0: I'd say. Along
1: with um, the stable, I think. Yeah, I should... hey, it's the Melbourne Cup. It's the flat equivalent of the Grand National. If you could have ten bullets, you'd have them, and um, and you still wouldn't necessarily fancy your chances. Like it's just a, it's a brutal race, um, in terms of the the luck you need and the the run of the race, etc. So if you have um, if you have two well-credentialed horses that come through all the all the all the hurdles you have to jump to get down there now um you know fire him fire him see what happens he he was very good in fairness i thought he was very tough um draw made things difficult um frankie and ryan um stayed wide early on Um, like the sectionals were quite interesting like the, the race was run like a, a quite quite a hard pace and um absurd like wasn't a, a wasn't a million miles from it. And I thought it was a really gritty effort now. I think most people, including myself, thought Sweet Williams had arrived there, had been delivered there well and was gonna do the job, but absurd with that rail, um, stuck his head down and, and got there. Um, like I don't think either of his starts on the flat have shown him to maximum effect. Um, like the the copper horse handicap went wrong for him, and he still finished second to Vauban. Like this what was far from ideal the way it panned out for him, and he's managed to grind out a win. Um this is a winning year in race for the Melbourne Cup. So um yeah, you you gotta point to it. You gotta put him through the the scans and everything else and hope that he that he passes. He went through the sales for for a fair few quid as recently as last July, where he would have got plenty of veterinary scrutiny. Um not as much as he'll get um to to get on the plane to Melbourne. But look, if he comes through it, um, you know, you you gotta have a go. Um owned by the the HOS Syndicate, which is uh, Margaret and Andrew Heffernan. Um I've done stores fame um, and they, they'll be getting a big kick out of this. So hopefully he gets down there and um and gets to the lineup um because he'll uh, he'll be a contender. He's a he's a he's a very he's a smart horse, and I'd say there's still more to come from him.
0: Okay. Sweet William back in second TC, as Kevin's mentioned, sort of came there to win his race. We've spoken about it on the podcast before. He doesn't always look the most straightforward. Um, do you think there's any sense that if he was a bit more, I don't know, straighter in his mind, he would have gone through with that, or do you think the winner was a fair winner on the rail?
3: Um I think if you back sweet William, you'd be a bit hard done by. Um but I mean it the the actual kind of like race, if you, you it may it was actually kind of like everyone's making that absurd was badly drawn. As it all panned out, you know, the finishing musicians only only six of the uh, only two of the first eight home were in, were in single figures and sweet William was drawn free. So um I'm not sure about the race. I mean, like if i back Sweet William, then I'd I'd be a little bit hard done by, I think. But um uh, it's like I say he was a bunch of finish, wasn't it? And um
2: mm. Keyes Carister, that could have won, couldn't it?
3: Yeah. Uh, but I, I backed Boxer Rocker each way at thirty threes and stuff and he that ran a real good race from eight and his his rider drops his reins to it i thought because I, I thought he was going to pull him up at one point i thought what's he doing he dropped his reins Callum hutchinson so yeah um yeah i'm i'm not sure about that i'm not sure about the race uh going forwards but uh no it was a really good ride and the thing about to is he, he's kept his fitness up hasn't he um because um it looked like Detroit on Sweet William and Rab Hablin on there, for considering the, the lack of rise he's had. But mm. no massive takeouts in the race for me.
0: All right, no massive takeouts. A uh, quick word to you, Brendan, on the e Anything, as you say, in behind, other than what you've already mentioned, that caught your eye? Or do you fancy absurd for predominantly the Melbourne Cup?
2: Well, Keyes Carrester. Um, just watching it back now, when you get caught for a bit of tactical speed, um, in, in a race like that and they're all gathering to, to, towards a rail I mean that, that that's part of it but I'm fairly sure, I'm relatively confident, if, it's not often you say it about a horse finish this, I'm relatively confident that Key's Carrester hadn't have suffered interference twice that it would have won so that was unfortunate for the Minoisi A team
0: Okay Keep him in your notebook for next time. Um, Brendan, I'll stick with you and we will stick with just Frankie's winners. as the City of York stakes the Group 2 over the 7 furlongs goes the way of Kin Ross. For the informed Beckett team, I see read that he's had 33 winners in August. Hell right. of a number. Um, I mean, this horse, like, look, seven furlongs when he gets his race, when he gets his ground. He's just a weapon, isn't he? And he's got so, as, as per last year, he's just got so many international options. He could go to France, he could go to America, he could go to Hong Kong. Yeah. And then here on the UK's chores as well, he's priced up seven to two from fives for the betfresh Spr- Sprint Cup. He's also in the Champion Sprint at three to one Breeders' Cup mile. He's priced up at eight from tens, having won this, of course. I mean, he's just what a joy he is to own. But as Frankie sums up, what a joy he is to ride as well.
2: Oh yeah Just add just, just, uh, I mean a shout out To Beckett I, I, Obviously we're giving All the love To Aidan O'Brien And Johnny G I know the calculation Is different When you're dealing With a gelding But I mean he, he just puts this horse In every race he can Basically I was like you I was trying to predict What, what will happen And I kind of half Came down with the theory That they do exactly What they did last year Go park stakes For a QE2 Into the Breeders' Cup mile And of course He's a huge runner In all of them He finished last season Like a train And he's had one one less run this season. Now they, they maybe will go for the Bedford Sprint Cup. Um, I suppose that's a Group One against the, the Group Bed-Bread. Two. Oh, Bedford. That... Sorry, Betfair Sprint, isn't it? Betfair, Sorry, did I say that? That was quite Come the foul pad this year, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um. uh, well done. Um, so <laughs> if we could see Barry R's face.
3: No. But but
2: but this is this is meta, this is leveled within levels. How how much have I reinforced the Betfair Bear brand right there, knowing yeah, exactly yeah. what to mistake. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes that's <laughs> exactly. thanks, thanks very much, Kevin. Yeah. Uh so yes, uh backpedaling rapidly. Uh I feel like uh, Kinross is going to run in those four races again, and he's going to be a massive runner in in all four of them. He's a credit to connections, and he's a marvelous horse.
3: I, I, they might go to Haydock because I think they were going to go to Haydock for the uh, Betfair Sprint Cup last year, but I, I think he got pulled out because of the fast grounds. And I just, look, he, he's a really kind of like likable, versatile horse. And six furlongs with a bit of dig is actually fine. Breeders' Cup mile over over fast ground. Like, I think I think Beckett said. They might take in Haydock on the road to the foray. But like Vanessa said, he's got about five different options.
0: Kev, king of the race planning. He'd be a dream to have in the yard for the race planning point of view, wouldn't it? You can just find the right track, right trip, bit of decent ground, send them off on his plane. Yeah,
1: Shluck he'd be, he'd, be, he'd be a grand asset, be better than an ATM machine. Um there's it's the dream, isn't it? But uh, yeah, fair play. The man and look race in some form, like geez, I think I think I think like it, it's by far the best calendar month he's ever had. Um yeah. so you, you you say fair play to him, and long may it continue for him.
0: Yeah, Lazou also, of course, won down at Newmarket on the same day, won a listed race down there. She's back to winning ways and she's also being cut to 16-1 to 1 from 33s for the Betfair Sprint Cup. So there's loads of options. Whilst we're talking about sprinters, should we throw in the nunthought winner in Living the Dream here, beating, of course, Highfield Princess, taking a first Group 1 for the trainer and for the jockey, Adam West and Sean Curran teaming up to take this race. Um, this is one of the stories of the week, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Kev, we'll start with you here. Just like, not the result plenty of people would have been hoping for, but he's beaten all the right horses back in second and third and in behind him. And just like I said, those moments afterwards, that sheer shock from Adam West. It's rare you see that sort of reaction where someone is genuinely, completely lost for words.
1: Yeah, it was for the. Fantastic, wasn't it? It was kind of um a real, a lovely shot in the arm for everyone to to you know reemphasize that uh, that dreams can come true, to roll out the cliche, and that uh, horses, even in the uh, in the the ruthlessly professional flat game, that horses from relatively modest backgrounds and um, trained by um. You know, trainers and ridden by jockeys a little bit lower down the table can come to the top table and um and, ha- and have a massive day. And there was zero fluke about this. Um, Super quick from the stalls, jumped out, went a proper gallop the whole way and they couldn't catch him. Simple as that. I don't think there was any element of, um, of disrespect from those in behind. It wasn't that they gave him too much rope or anything like that. They just couldn't go as quick as he did. And um and he didn't slow down fast enough for them, um so it was fantastic. Great scenes afterwards, you know. Trainer, jockey, owners, um you could tell like that this this is this is something that I'll take to their grave. Like this is a a, a day a day of all days, and um and you'd be thrilled for them. And Sherlock the horse has been had you know has been not very good up to this point, um but this is obviously next level stuff. And Sherlock being a, a four year old gelding, I suppose the hope is that. You know he 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 can be um, maybe not quite a Patash, but he can may hopefully be as durable as Batash was and hang around at this level for for many years to come, uh, and be a real heart uh, and even more of a horse of a lifetime for for all involved. Um, so it it, it was fantastic. Like like just you know by a sire that that ultimately failed and is now in India. You know, um, out of a dam that that was sold, you know, a number of times for small money, including last last uh, December. I followed her into the ring? Didn't bid. <laughs> Joe Foley bought her. <laughs> he's got a yeah, he's yeah. got a right bargain now. Um, yeah, well, well, it's funny, Joe, Joe Foley at Ballyhane Haynes he's got both sides of the of the of the racing universe here because they stood Prince of Lear. Who's the sire of living the dream, who, like I say, well, didn't work out and was sold to India last December. But if he had any regrets about that now that he's thrown that that he's thrown a, a Numthorpe winner, he bought the dam of the winner. Um, last November, so he'll have her for a few years around as compensation, so um, it was a would have been a, a, a sad result in one way, but a very happy result in another. Um, and yeah, look, on, on this horse goes, and they're talking about Breeders' Cup Sprint, um, which you would seem really well equipped for, um, like the, the concern, the doubt you'd often have with European horses going to that particular race is gate speed, tightness of the track, and the potential for it to be all over after a couple of furlongs. Um, this horse seems to have exceptional gate speed, and early speed. So I can see loads of sense in going for that race and uh, wish them the very best. It's going to be some adventure. There'll be a big focus point going over there, as they should be, and uh, the very best of luck to them. Yeah, I'm sure.
0: Uh- like you say, it seems like the American let me just put the dog down. The American dream is very much on the agenda for living the dream. And uh, TC, did I mean Kevin summed it up there pretty well? But he said that you know there was no fluke about the performance. Would you agree with that? Did you think yeah. anyone in besi- in behind was hard done by? Oh, no. you know, we have a disagreement.
3: York is just a very very strange track. If you get on the lead, you know it's very hard to peg back. We saw that all week. In, in in many of the races you know likes of Zulu chief in the nursery and stuff like that um I don't buy into the fact he suddenly improved 10 10 12 14 pounds I think if they raced again tomorrow uh free runner race Brad Sell, um the highfield princess and that horse I think he'd be about six to one outsider of free um great for connections great for punchy <laughs> you know, great for no his well, body of work he hasn't suddenly improved that much I mean York is all about speed if you get on the lead for some reason it's, and this is going back years just not over the last four days it's very very hard to come back now um play plays him I don't I don't buy that form as as being evidence that he's suddenly come forward a stone.
0: Ooh, well, we've got a massive disagreement here then between Kevin and TC. Brendan, fill in the gap. Where do you sit? Are you team TC that this was just one of those outlier performances? Are you team Kevin that this horse is improving and will be able to back the performance up?
2: Well, uh, my odds compiler background, I would lean towards Tony. He's exactly right in that situation. You have to very much factor in what prices the horses were in their previous start in what what would likely happen in in, in the next race. Uh, So there's no doubt he he would be the outsider of three in that scenario that was described. And uh, I would say the prices sounded a a bit right. Um, It it was a lovely story. Well, I mean, it was a lovely story in many ways, but uh, post-race I was a bit uh, wholly... Stallions relocating to India, Batman. What the hell just happened there? Because I backed Highfield Princess. So, whilst it was a lovely story from an narrative point of view, just remember the people who lost money. <laughs> and and the Ginder, bad, isn't Chindi and... after India? Uh, yes, yeah. He didn't even get a yeah, chance. Yeah. He didn't even yeah. chance chance in Europe. I, I thought the Highfield Princess was going to win the hallway. It looked like the perfect foil for her, and it just didn't happen. So,
0: well, T C. Well, everyone's talking about how hard it is to come from behind at York and horses on the front end having an easier time of it this week but one horse that did manage to come from hold up tactics was of course Continuous in the great Voltager, who won for the Bally Doyle team um, beating the favourite Gregory in the process who arguably didn't have an ideal trip from start to finish really. Now Gregory um, is now the favourite for the St. Ledger off the back of this but wasn't immediately after the race. He's 3-1 to one fab for the St. Ledger. Continuous is 4 to one from 12s and TC it's only right that every time we talk about the St Ledger now in terms of these anti-post prices we come to you because I just feel like you're the man who's done the deepest dive in this race so how does this add in to your St Ledger picture
3: um immediately after the race I think Gregory spiked at 15 on the exchange one firm obviously just tracking the exchange went 12s that lasted us Long as a snowflake in Dubai, so uh, yeah, and he's, he's now into freeze. Um, John Gosden, as I said on the um, on our ATM betting briefing shows uh, during the week, I I think John Gosden was putting a very brave face on it because obviously I don't know how much Waffnan Racing pay for Gregory, but I imagine he had to put every single positive slant on that that he could. Uh, obviously, Frankie went too hard by the looks of it. Actually, I don't I hadn't even checked the sectionals by imagine from what everyone was saying that he probably did. And the fact that Ryan sat so far off the pace as he did on Mahaba, the champ uh, in the handicap as well, um, is evidence of that. But um, yeah, I'm not sure about again, not sure about the form. Um Carl away second ran a decent race. In fact, it's amazing, isn't it? Does that stat that's going around on social media that Godolphin haven't had a winner at the Epsom meeting, Royal Ascot, Glorious Goodwood, and now the Ebor Festival. Not one winner for Godolphin in those four uh, four festivals. Um the continuous, I, I continuous is I'm surprised he is so short. I mean, visually, obviously he looked very, very good. And he is short in the betting. He's like, I think he's 5.8, 5.9 on the exchange at the moment. But I remember speaking to Ryan. Um, after the Dante and before the French Derby, and I got the I got the distinct impression, which is probably why they didn't go to Epsom, that they thought that horse would struggle to get a mile four. Um, he, you know, he 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 obviously stayed it very well at Royal Ascot when tuned by King of Steel, but I, I'm not sure they're going to go for the legend with it because, like I said, when Ryan Aidan O'Brien's very much led by what Ryan says, and Ryan might have changed his tune after. After um after the voltager. And he I haven't really spoken to him about that Anyone, I haven't spoken to him about it. But Ryan's initial impression that he might struggle to get a mile four. That would probably a uh, cut more sway with me. And it's interesting after the race, Aiden well, Aiden obviously said to Ryan after the race, would he is it is it you know, or we'll Sistan go for the ledger? And I think Ryan said something on the lines of, you know, maybe we don't need to go a mile and a six with this horse. And um i'm not sure i'm not sure but i'm not sure that that's evidence that he's going to relish uh the doncaster trip but so at the current at the current prices for all of them i wouldn't take anything out of that going to doncaster
0: okay very interesting um Let's move on, Brendan, and we will stick mm. with a theme of Aidan O'Brien winners because I'd like to talk to you about Warm Heart, yeah. Obviously, when the Yorkshire Oaks managing to turn the table with Save the Last Dance, uh, this time under James Doyle, which, of course, was a very significant jockey booking, which garnered plenty of attention, beat the strong finishing free wins, who I was very keen on to get up but failed. Warm Heart's now aged from 16s for their Phillies and Mare's race on Champions Day. Um and sixes from sixteens for the Breeders' Cup for these ameres and, and then twenties for the Arc de Triomphe. But in terms of the race itself, Warm Heart obviously, like I say, turning the tables with Save the Last Dance. Well, what, what did you make what did you make of not only the winner but also the favourite Save the Last Dance performance?
2: Well, she's 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 just a, a bit slow, isn't she? A mile, a mile and a half on that track, they went out, made it a, a really strong pace as they had to, to use her stamina, and she stuck on in, in game as a pebbles fashion. She's a very hard filly to criticise, but she has limitations. Uh, she, she she she's just slow. I mean, we're talking about a Group One horse, but relatively speaking, she 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 is slow. Did did you have a little wager on Warm Heart?
0: Well, I, well no I didn't I'm just very keen for her I ju- I've just always been very keen on um not warm heart on free winds I've always been very keen on free winds
2: oh, okay so, well yeah oh, well I, I I think you could feel a fraction hard done by because if James Doyle, had a rear view mirror. He could not have done a better job. He did exactly what he had to do. He didn't know exactly what was happening but it's important not to hit the front too soon uh, and coming to the two far long pole, this billy just came alive from, and he obviously realised he didn't want to be in front that soon and that manoeuvre when he just took back for a few strides meant that the Tory had to wait a couple of beats and then as Doyle kicked on, he got slightly interfered with making his run, and ultimately, in a finish of fag papers, it made the difference. Uh, so just J- James Doyle uh, did, did it, did everything right, and probably free wind a fraction unlucky, but a, a, a hell of a horse race!
0: Hell of a horse race, indeed. TC, did you have anything to add from the Yorkshire Oaks?
3: Yeah, I, I, I do remember. Um when we did a Irish Oaks debrief, I actually said was in em- but I think Kevin and, and Brenda were at the track because I thought it was a quite a questionable ride from Warmheart and the Irish Oaks because ridden prominently in the Ribblesdale, but it seems like as with continuous, they had real concerns about Warm Heart getting a mile four in soft ground. Um and probably that's why they rode him as they did in at the Curra. But here, obviously crews throughout the race. Um and like I said, I think Frankie was beating him up afterwards as well. I was quite interesting. I, I'm not sure. Did um, on, on the running order, did we get a prize for Warm Heart for the Breeders' Cup Turf? Because I thought, obviously, a mile or two on quick ground, Santa Rita might be, might be very, very good for her. But well, obviously, Aiden's gone to the Breeders' Cup Turf with a fairly refound and, and magical. We finished second to... Uh, enable one year, so I just think maybe a mile four quick round round Santa Anita could absolutely be ideal for Warm Heart because um, got plenty of pace and like yeah. that track could suit. But um, until I get running plans, I wouldn't know. But uh, I can a- see a- okay. Aiden,
2: Sorry, a- Aidan mentioned the Phillies and Mayor's Turf after the race, just so that it's obviously
3: something that's in his head. Yeah, I mean, like I said, if they have got stamina doubts about mile four, still I don't know. But a like, British Cup Turf. For the reasons I said earlier, could could cut up a little bit, and he's he's not uh, not averse to going to that race with a three-year-old filly.
0: It's very interesting indeed where Warmheart will go. She's not actually quoted for the Breeders' Cup Turf, but she is six to one for the fillies and mares over at Santa Anita, so she has plenty of options. Um, Kevin, let's come to you for a quick mention about Coltrane in the Lonsdale Cup, uh, getting his revenge on Courage Mon Ami, and who was giving weight, of course, to Coltrane. And then the sort of sad postscript of this race was... Um, the fact that for the same connection, same trainer, Nate the Great, of course, had a fatal injury in that race. So that was a bit of a sad ending to the Lonsdale Cup. But Coltrane is now three to one from fives for the long distance cup back at Ascot. And he's just been such a consistent horse this season. Well, actually, not just this season, but specifically this season, in fairness to him. Um, what did you make of him getting turning those tables with Courage monami from, of course, Royal Ascot?
1: Yeah, it wasn't uh, I, I couldn't say it was a total shock. Now he's not the one I fancy, but I I just don't think there's loads between the top ones in this division. Um I think it it'll often come down to run of the race between them. Um and, and this was Coltrane's day. It went smoother for him. He got a lovely passage through the race, good and tough late on. Um he's a very good stayer. And look, he'll continue to, to be a big player in the game. Courage Monami good to see him back on track. Um, it would have been a frustrating one to watch, I'd say, for his supporters. Um, so, you know, was ridden with quite a bit of patience and then look beat and then has stayed on again. It was a it was a slightly funny run, but look, he's in to still be still be learning, I suppose, to an extent. It was only his sixth run. Um, so look, he'll be a factor as well. She Valletto was the one I fancied. Um, a little bit surprised the way they rode him. Um I'd love to see them try to make the run with him, to be honest. But maybe that'll come further down the line. But um, good to see him run so well, too. And yeah, look, we'll get to see all these horses banging heads plenty, I'd say, and this season, maybe next season. And I suppose the most, dare dare I say, the most interesting prospect in that division um, will be the, the hope return of Kiprios to see how he levels in with all of them.
3: Now, yeah. Um,
1: when he gets back, he was obviously the one last year. And we want to see him in against this bunch as well and um, the newcomers to the division and see how they all stack up. Um, but dare I say, based on if he comes back the same horse that he was last year, um, he may well be able to regain his position on top of the division.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of you mentioned the sort of frustration for courage Monami backers, but um and we've already mentioned them, but a frustrating week for Wathnan Racing, who of course, as we've already discussed, has thrown plenty of money buying into some pretty good horses. And they had four runners at York this week. They went off eleven to four, eight to eleven, five to two, and eleven to two, and they were beaten into second, third, second, and fourth spot with Ballymount boy, Gregory Courage Monami, and Isaac Shelby so imagine going to a race meeting like that with that sort of uh squad and just not quite hitting the back of the net i'm sure they can well break.
1: as look at vanessa at the, the same time when you look at the, the squad they had for royal ascot like their results really maximized what they had they had an almighty royal ascot and uh, we know what this game is like the wheel turns um some most most days it doesn't bounce for you some days it does and um, if this is the the worst meeting they have when they're all running well and finishing second and third, I say it'll be all right. But um, yeah, it would have been frustrating, I'm sure, to a point. But um, yeah, we're, we're going to be seeing a lot of those colours. Um, there's an expectation that they're going to be very um prominent at the upcoming yearling sales. Um, as well as continuing to buy horses prom very promising horses and training. So, um, yeah, get get used to those colours because they're going to be on the on the big scene quite a bit. I suspect.
0: Mm. um before we move on to the two-year-olds quick special mention to summer gand who won the six furlong handicap for a second year on the bounce a second shared it it. pardon shared it that's true sorry sorry but i just wanted to mention summer gand in the sense that he's a nine-year-old and it's a 17th career officially career victory for him but like I, I, I want to own some again Never mind none of any of those other smartly, smartly mm-hmm. bred horses. But imagine owning Summergan. He's now he's been quoted just because he's a market mover for the Air Gold. Like, sorry, he's unchanged at 10 to 1 for the Air Gold Cup. Uh and Bashir, who's of course in the race as well, is now moved fourteens from twenties for the Air Gold Cup. But these two, I mean, well, summer again, specifically, Kev. I mean, we talk about those fancy horses, but like I say, I just think he's a legend. Legend might be too far, but still
2: pretty special to you win. You talk him, about
3: Kev. these things like you can't afford to buy 20 racehorses. Go out and buy them then if you're loving that much.
2: Oh the no, that's not the problem. The real problem is that it could tilt the delicate balance of your holiday work life. The gang stays busy, Vanessa. If you were gonna follow him around the country, you might become a full time holiday maker. Just bear that in mind.
0: Well, and and also, like if I imagine, if I own these horses, I, I'd have to be there, like you say. Mm. And so I wouldn't be able to go to all these nice places. You know, I wouldn't be able to Yeah. I wouldn't be able to enjoy both sides, so I can just enjoy it from afar. TC, I'd
3: like as to I know. always said, I mean, I I own every single racehorse I back for about one to four minutes,
0: and,
3: that's, <laughs> that, and that is ideal.
0: Ideal, and then basically
3: at the end you can give it back.
0: I don't own. I don't own any racehorses. I can barely afford to own a greyhound, so enough of that TC um, but yeah special mention to uh, specifically Summergam, but Al-Bashir as well obviously and like I said it looks like they might go to the air gold cup also what about C theme is on our running orders being cut for the Kipco Phillies and Mayors having won the Galtra stakes for the Haggis team very unexposed type now twenty fives and 33s and the aforementioned Brendan Free Wind is also 12s for that run off the back for excellent run in the Yorkshire Oaks any interest specifically in the the former she's the more interesting unexposed type
2: well yeah but I, I, I mean i think at those prices i'd be more interested in the latter i mean she's clearly as you say a progressive philly as you'd hope having just the third run of her life and she's a great attitude she settles beautifully in her races too but i mean what she run to there they've all finished in a heap low hundreds something like that be I mean, a massive step up to be going and taking a group one on the back of that i i, I doubt well maybe maybe he didn't he didn't he win a race in in Sandown earlier this year, a listed race or a group race, Haggis with a filly rated seventy or something. So yeah. maybe,
3: yeah.
2: maybe, maybe you would feature in, but it would seem like a, a massive step up to me.
3: I think someone asked yeah. him after the race. It might have been Chapman said, "Would you consider the St Ledger for her?" And it was like, "Yeah." Uh, I think it <laughs> if it goes anywhere, it's going to go to the Park Hill by the sounds of it. But.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah and I tell you just just on free wind if if, if this filly doesn't win a group 1 it's a, it's it's just a travesty don't, isn't it because i know she, don't had, Kevin, she has
0: Don't Kevin, don't don't honestly we have been talking about this horse trying to win a group 1 for approximately 2 years i think uh, genuinely i think we've been talking about this horse's potential to win a group 1 for 2 years and she's obviously had a to- a less than ideal time of it in terms of gaps in her career and time off, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like you say, if she doesn't manage to get ahead in front in the Group One, oh my God! Anyway, yeah, because she's to-
1: she's had a, she's had a fair bit of bad luck, and I like guess this, this that was a huge run the other day. I thought, and um, yeah, like if she doesn't, she's a five year old now. But even if if it didn't happen this year, you'd have to go again. You know, assuming she's sound and that, because you know she's good enough. She just needs the bloody thing to to drop her out for her. You know
0: yeah exactly she's definitely got the ability um let's talk about some two-year-olds guys brendan i'll start with you first we'll talk about the aiken winner for eve johnson horton in indian run following Mm. up getting off the marker ascot winning there and then comes here steps up and does it his own way um sort of up more the middle side of the track with obviously the rest of the action happening on the far side rail i was pretty impressed with his performance but as, are we underestimating him? He's currently 14s for the Dewhurst Cup from a massive price of 50s. Mm. Uh, were you taken with him or not? No, I can tell you not. No. Well,
2: I, I I didn't think it looked a particularly strong race going into it, and there were a few uh, di- di- disappointments in, in behind. Uh, Aidan's horse was very 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 weak in the bedding. Um, who who I who I was interested in. Um, it was a it was a good uh, professional performance, clearly a progressive horse. Uh Eve Johnson Houghton that is having some season and good luck to her. Uh she she mentioned after the race that, that why wouldn't they have a have a go at a Jewhurst? So so you're on a runner at 14 to 1, but I I'd, I'd be surprised if he's any shorter on the day.
0: Okay. What about you, Kev? He seems a bit indifferent. Were you in any way more impressed by him? Um
1: no, I'm on the indifferent no. side of the scale as well, as be really honest,
0: yeah. Oh, OK. All right. Everyone a little bit indifferent then. Um, what about Battlecry? Any more interest in him? He won the Convivial Maiden for the O'Brien team. He's now 25 for the Dewhurst. We know that Aiden's two-year-olds are just as a full squad and a full bench of them that are probably ahead of Battlecry. Does anyone have any interest in him for a race like the Dewhurst at 25? TC is tutting his head as if that is a firm no. What about you, Brendan?
2: Ah, oh, I mean, I, I I don't know. Maybe he'll run. Aidan might send a battalion, but this got beaten in a down Royal Maiden on his previous start, albeit by a promising sort of, of Jair lines for that. No, I wouldn't back him at 250 to 1 for the Dewars.
0: Yeah,
1: be, right. Beating it down, Royal goes over to England, wins 100 grand, mate, and there you go. Have that, lads.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, surely we can give a little bit more kudos then to Relief Rally, who won the Low that just continues on her money-making rampage as a two-year-old. She, she stepped up in trip this time. She clearly stays the six, and she's got so many options. And on top of that, it's right up Brendan Duke's way of running horses because... William Haggis has announced that he wants to keep her busy and he wants to keep her racing. So I think we'll see her again pretty shortly. She's been cut to five to two now for the Cheveley Park Stakes Relief Rally. It's a very short price for that. Um, but she's a hell of a two-year-old, isn't it? And it seems like everyone around her keeps emphasising the point that it—it's ne- she's an hour horse. She's right now. We should. This is the time for her to win her races. And that's exactly what she's doing, Brendan.
2: Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a slightly strange run. I expected her, given she was stepping up from five furlongs to six furlongs, to travel better through the race. But she was uh, one of the first horses off the bridle, but just knuckled down, dug in, indeed, as she did in the Queen Mary, when, when just failing, as she did in the super sprint. She, she, She's very strong through the line over five and now very strong through the line over six. They mentioned on the telly that there's not much of her so uh, g- g- compared to the second who is a big scopey filly and might ultimately c- uh, c- catch up but um if, uh, the 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 highest f- 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 filly uh, relief rally should i say uh, is, a, is a is a really not likable type and uh, probably it was a worthy favour for the chief park
0: yeah. Okay. And I should just give a quick mention. If No one's ever seen Tattersall's because she was sold at Tattersall's, of course, the sales company did a great piece with Anthony Bromley who bought her. It's on their Instagram. And if you're interested in what you look for when buying a horse like her, it's absolutely fascinating. He has her in front of him and he walks her through Um what he did, liked and didn't like about her. So it's quite revealing. Um, so give a shout out to them for good content. We all like good content. Uh, let's move on because Haggis also took the gym crack with big price Lake Forest. He's now 10 to one from 25 to the middle park, beaten at a very short price Kev, when we saw, last saw him at Newmarket the run before, but came here and makes amends. What did we make of that big price? Was it a fluke or were you impressed? He's fairly swept by the rest of the field.
1: Yeah, no, it, looked, it looked a fair performance on the day. Um, Johannes Brahms made a good go of it, but was ultimately run down. Um, look, it, it seemed like a fair old step in the right direction. um had run very well um, in the, what's it called, the July stakes. Is it? And um, yeah, a little bit disappointing back in Novice Company, clearly. But this was more like it. Um, much of the chat afterwards was people trying to figure out who Silver Racing are. Don't know if we ever found out uh, the ownership um they, they 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 didn't have the details in itv which would be very unusual because they always make a, a big effort to you know have those details at hand before racing um but look lovely cold knowing ever again who like is can, kind of continuing to fly with his two-year-olds in particular and um yeah now would i back him to um would i back him in something like a middle park um, which is where one assumes he'll end up. Um, he wouldn't be one of the more appealing ones up around the top end of this division, but he's a, he's a group two winner now. And, um, on he goes.
0: On he goes, indeed. And then of the others, two-year-olds that we have to mention, um, TC, I think you were quite keen to mention Opera Singer, who won over at the Curragh for the Coolmore team, took a fourth start to get off the mark, and she's initially 14s from 25s for the Phillies mile, but she's then, that price didn't hang around for too long, and she's now 7-1 to for that race. And of the others away from York, she caught your eye, did she?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even because it's just a silly kind of like week of racing, wasn't it? We we're not even mentioning the you know the likes of Middle Earth winning the Melrose, three winners in for England in Deauville yesterday. Just a mad a mad week to try and keep up with the racing. But so I watched that for the first time today. Jesus, she was impressive. Um, beat a ninety-four rated stable mate by six and a half lengths. Um, is a half sister to. Um, Hit it a bomb, Breeders' Cup winner, and Brave Anna, um, bred by Evie Stockwell. I think that's John Magny's mum, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, I imagine they'll be very, very keen. Considering, I think she she passed away last year. That you know, to to actually go and win a big profile horse with, um, you know, with with a Group One that um, his mum bred. So I think, yeah, I mean, I I was massively impressed by that. Um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised all the big prices gone. You don't know where these horses are going to go. Um, but that that's only the caveat but from what I saw at the car last time, uh, at the weekend sorry, um, yeah I, I think it will take a good one to beat her next time
0: Alright, well look, before we wrap up this um, sort of race review section, Brendan, was there anyone else away from York specifically or at York, you can go wherever you want that you did want to mention, just before we move on to a short section of news from the week
2: Well, I was in the yesterday and I was thinking of Kevin Blake uh, where, because Kitty Rose won the first race. So she's a physical fiend of this filly. She's not just tall, she's very strong as well. Completely dwarfed all the other fillies in that in 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 that race trained by Natalia Lupini who's having a, a cracking season and this thing is owned by a syndicate beat uh, a short-priced Dermot Well filly who was coming out of a maiden that's working out really well in Galway. A further four, by two lengths, a further four lengths back to a Airlines who've been third in a maiden at Leopardstown that's working out really well. So I was just thinking to Kevin about the talent drain, uh, particularly of uh, Irish two-year-olds. And given the connections, will we ever see this filly on these shores again? There must be a really good chance that, that, that she goes to America or, or Asia or something. But if, we ever see her on these shores again i expect her to make up into a stakes billy really, at the very least
3: just carry on that theme obviously we, we mentioned about qatar racing s- sending their horses abroad and, and selling abroad the middle earth winning the uh, melrose so impressively of 93 you'd imagine that's the checkbooks were flying out from australia for that kind of horse uh and you know good could well be though they take it down uh, Qatar racing take it to Australia with the likes of Valiant King, who's apparently going down there, as Kev said earlier in the week uh, uh, last last week. So yeah, I thought I thought Middle Earth was massively impressive, and some people were saying maybe maybe bring it here, uh, keep it here, and maybe supplement for the ledger. But I think yeah, again, I think that's a really really good horse. Whether we'll see him again on these shores, who knows?
0: The talent drain is real, but, of course, the Melrose uh, tends to be a race that gets sort of cherry-picked from for those international buyers. So, time will tell, but I think Tony is probably right. We might be seeing him and others running again further afield, potentially. Um, Let's move on to news and views. Kevin Blake has just left his... Wow, look at that for a... I was going to say... I don't really want to comment on it because I, d-
3: I, w- I was going to comment on it actually. I don't
0: think we should, TC. I don't think we should. I think we just move on. I think this bedroom think is proper shag high. pad. That does, doesn't it? Yeah, Look he could he could have done that thing where he puts up a background rather than have his actual sort of. Like I say, I don't really want to dive into how I. The last it.
3: time he, the last time he left us like this with his chair there, he was throwing up. Remember yeah, yeah,
0: he was. Yeah, yeah, poor lad. Um, <laughs> that's fair, that's... Rough, I'll
3: tell you, have you ever been to yeah, Doncaster? Yeah. It's a it's a rough night in Donny. Mm.
0: Okay,
1: Yeah, I tell you, the, 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 this this hotel is the Earl of Doncaster, and it, it's a very quirky place. Uh, the decor is, is a is a bit out there. <laughs>
0: Right, as we can see, as we can see, you didn't need to mention that. Um, we Let's roll on because we've just got a couple of news topics to talk about, obviously predominantly racing this week, and it's been a relatively slow news week. But Kev, we will come to you because the Association of Irish Racehorse Owners is the latest organisation to uh, call on the government, read the gambling regulation bill in Ireland currently. Uh, what is the latest update on that? We've obviously been sort of tracking this as it happens. But what what's the latest over there?
1: Yeah, look, I think all the 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 interest groups are getting mobilized on this because I think um, most have realised, um, small but belatedly, um, that this is this is potentially really serious, and that um, we as a business, an industry, a sport, um, need to make noise. We need to make noise. We need to um, leave those with the with the power to influence this under no illusions of the the unintended consequences of this um proposed legislation and uh look i think there's plenty going on behind the scenes looking it's all people might say oh why aren't hri up and up in arms about this but like we, we would have discussed this around the time of um the COVID shutdown and things like that like hri like are, are extremely active on a government lobby level but you have to, you have to bear in mind that like they, they are state funded. They can't go out publicly and criticize the government to put pressure on the government publicly. You know, it's something that they have to do behind closed doors. So, um, like don't be questioning why we're not hearing from them. You know, they, they're on it. You know, and trust me, I, I've been talking to them about it. Like they're very much on it. Um, but the interest groups such as the, the trainers, the owners, um, race courses, et cetera, they can make noise and they are. And hopefully they make even more noise. Um, because if this was allowed to slip through, it would have um a, a seriously negative impact on um on, on many aspects of our game. So hopefully this this pressure and, and and publicity will help um get this thing rectified. Um and for common sense to prevail, but as we know, Vanessa, common sense is not very common. So hopefully um the noise does its job.
0: Sorry, this might be quite an ignorant question, but what's the time scale on this? Like when is there a it, when does this when do we set like when do we get a conclusion or oh like or... A, I
1: think it's I think it's like a couple of months rather than many months I think is when this the 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 it would need to be rectified I'm trying to think I, I do know it it's either September or October I think is the next stage so like it's 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 pretty imminent so oh, wow. like like I say like this was originally published late last year and I think um all involved maybe weren't, weren't, weren't were were guilty of not taking it in properly at the time and it's been quite belatedly that everyone has realized oh jesus like this could be a disaster if this happens so um we're a small bit late to the party but hopefully not too late
0: okay um still tbc on that front and as i say we will be tracking it as and when new news comes out um finally tcl come to you for this one uh another pretty bad day really on a high-profile day over in America, Travis Stakes Day at Saratoga, saw another high-profile death in New York Thunder on the main cards on Fox Sport Broadcast. Again, uh, the New York Racing Association have said officials would examine the overall condition of all three racing surfaces at the Saratoga course. Um, that was after the two horses died during Travis Stakes Day on the Saturday, uh, pre-racing happening on the Sunday and it's just it i mean we spoke about it after of course the the last high profile death over there um on whitney day this is their other really big day of their race meeting and this happens again what's the fallout been have you heard anything else other than sort of what i've just read out there i I I i mean
3: they'd um I actually, actually, yeah, it was a uh, Mark Case, the tra- American trainer, who obviously runs a lot on dirt and uh, dirt and across all uh, services over there. Did a Q and A with the, hang on, thoroughbred daily news, and he said, quote unquote, it's the most sickening thing that I have ever witnessed in racing. Um, for that re I read that before I was gonna look, go and look back at the race, but I thought. No, got no need there. I mean, it was very similar. What was the what was the other recent high-profile example when you were over there uh, in America? Um,
0: it's the Philly, and now of course it, it sounds it
3: sounds like a carbon copy of that. I mean, the horse was clear, going to win easily. And yeah, like it's like I said, when you get someone as experienced as as Mark Case saying something like that. I mean, it's gonna. It's some. Something's gonna happen there. Whether it's a. Whether the, you know, uh, I'm. I'm loath to say a knee-jerk reaction because you know this has been going back, you know, in the last twelve, twenty-four months, and it. It seems to be getting. It seems to be getting a. You know, the ball is rolling on this, isn't it? And like I said, I think. I think those comments will will prick up a few ears.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. Have you look like you're just about to say something then?
3: Yeah, oh look, just, just shocking. Yeah,
1: like Jesus, statistically, like what are the odds? Um, you know, we all watch tens of thousands of horse races, and how often do you see like, like that's this is two of like the arguably the best horses in America. You know, clear in grade ones, and and catastrophically break down. You know, inside the final furlong, like it's st- the stuff of nightmares, and it's happened twice in three weeks now. Um, it, it like in American racing's under so much pressure. Um, but look, look, some sometimes I dare say, like you need. You need something catastrophic to happen to to get people's minds to focus and to do what needs to be done. And look, the elephant in the room. And I think, you know, Mark Cassie was saying the same thing. Like the solution, not the solution, but certainly a means to really help this situation is is pull up the dirt tracks. You know, they 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 started going about it, whatever it was ten or fifteen years ago, and and they they went into reverse. They 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 caved in to pressure from from horsemen, vested interests. Um, like, look, the statistics on this, like, are just the science on it, it. It's, you can't deny it. Like, turf is safer than dirt and synthetics are safer than turf. Uh, you know, that's just the way it is. Um, and look, it'll be painful for, for many connections for the breeding industry, etc., which are all very powerful interests in America. But it doesn't matter if you have your dirt, lads, if, if racing gets shut down, which I'd say it wouldn't be a million miles away from facing in some states, and the pressure is only going to get get higher. So like they need to do something drastic. You know, we saw what needed to happen in American racing with Hissa, and you know, certain groups have just fought that toot and nail and slowed it down for the last couple of years. Like they just need to get their heads out of their arses now and look at the bigger picture and say, lads, we, we can we can fight like dogs here, but if we don't cop on, we're gonna have nothing to fight over. Um, so look, I think this this double tragedy um hopefully focuses minds um I, I i think it might i hope it will but i don't know and i know look I'm, I'm on the other side of the atlantic ocean it's easy for me to 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 talk like this but um, i think they know themselves what the solution is but they just need to be brave enough to
3: um to do it you know didn't they i might be being mistaken here but when i went to the breeders cup i think in 2007 when ravens passed one at santa anita mm. they ripped up the dirt there and put pro Ride in and yeah, then, yeah. And, they, and and that, did was, did they that was
1: ultimately that yeah because that was ultimately the issue because they they saw that breeder's cup amongst other things Europeans coming over winning the breeder's cup Classic, and just the local horsemen local breeders were basically like, look our whole system is set up for dirt racing you know and they, they started leaning and like you can imagine the the weight of that lean like the cost in ripping up dirt and putting down synthetic is one thing but the cost to undo it and go back to dirt like You're talking tens and tens of millions, so you can only imagine the sort of political pressure that was leaning on these tracks to make that happen. But look, they and I said at the time, like when they started ripping back up those synthetic tracks, like that, that was a sad, sad set of days for American racing because that was they, they were doing the right thing and they, mm-hmm. they put into it, they, they put the gear into reverse and went backwards again. But, um, like I say, easy for me to say, but I think there's going to be a much wider realization if it already isn't there. That um, that that's probably what's going to need to happen. Dirt racing, it's it's just too it's just too tough. It's just too attritional, um, and those sort of fatality rates ju- just just it's very difficult to to stand over.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It'll be very interesting to see what their next move is in the aftermath of specifically this Saratoga meet. Um, that wraps up the show guys that was a rattle through predominantly racing this week because of course that has been center stage which is what we like but uh, thank you lads as always we'll be back on thursday of course with racing only better and then don't also forget that tc will be bringing you the up-to-date goings market movers and his exclusive tips on the 8 a.m briefing this saturday on twitter spaces so stay tuned for that finally everyone have a good week bet responsibly subscribe and like this show on youtube all the usual footnotes but for now have a good one thank you very much for watching and listening